Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill, pray now. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, afternoon for me. June 17th, we were just talking before the show. About 100 more baseball games. Yep. Yep. We'd be heading into the playoffs last year. 60-game season. That's crazy. Honestly, I mean, last year, we, you know, everybody's joked about it and everybody's made a thing. And even last year, I think with the way last year was overall as a year, just like getting baseball back was exciting. We were happy to have things start happening. But the idea that right now, this really puts into perspective how, how ridiculously short last year's baseball season was. Baseball season would be over right now last year that's nuts man they really like it really is if you think about it because so much can happen in about 100 games oh i mean i'd love to see where the standings are right now compared to the end of this year like there's a couple i would say i would say half the divisions with you know without looking at it but i would say probably half the divisions will have lead changes i mean the west is the nl west is surely like what who knows what's gonna happen there you got three teams that are really good um you know so the idea that the idea that one of the padres giants dodgers weren't in the playoffs last year i don't know if that works out but it might be i don't know the point is it's a short Wait, it was way too short. And honestly, I told you I missed I missed most of the Clippers game last night because I was at the Dodgers game. Being at the Dodgers game, you know, it's just it's sad to see all the 2020 World Series champions gear out there. Their Mickey Mouse championship, their ridiculous fan base, which I I did a whole tweet thread on the now unjailed dirty slides Twitter about. Well, they got that from like, like from a standpoint of they still won the World Series, right? Like, yeah, they did. I'm just saying, like, I know, you know, it's hard to say as a Mets fan, if they'd won the World Series, I wouldn't be leaning into it. But at the same time, it's like, let's all be honest here. Like, this isn't, this wasn't a bubble championship. This wasn't a what, this was 60 games. And you play the World Series in Texas. Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. It, it was they uh, have like like the pennant that they fly, you know, for the World Championship. It should, it should be like a third of the size. That's what it should be. It should be a third of the size. Just have a, it's, it can still say it and you can still have it, but just make it a third of the size. Kind of kind of like a miniature. When you used to get the miniature helmet with the ice cream at yeah. the ballpark. I got to say here. So here's, 
I, I, I want to talk a little Dodger Stadium since I was just there. But here's something. So, you know, Dodger Stadium, I like the food at Dodger Stadium. It's not like the best gourmet food, you know, that stadiums have to offer. But like, I think the options are generally pretty good. You know, they definitely love their uh, Latin based, you know, the the Montejo and the the Modelo and the Estrella Jalisco or whatever it is. And then, you know, there's tacos everywhere and whatever. And and the, that's, the food's pretty good. I even said on, you know, again, the now uh, unjailed 30 slides Twitter account that Dodger dogs are, are they the best hot dog I've ever had? No, but I'd say top third in the league. You know, certainly of ballparks I've visited. I like a good Dodger dog. Um, there, when we were waiting, there was a line and I was like, oh my God, is this a line for concessions? And as I like walked up to it, I'm like, how, why is this? How is this? It was like spreading like literally down the corridor. And then I realized it was just for like the, the sweets area, just like the desserts. And I'm like, who's waiting in line for an hour and a half at a ball game to get ice cream. And then the guy who was sitting next to me came back with the ice cream helmet with three churros stuffed in it. And I was like, okay, that looks pretty good. <laughs> was it a regular size such as the nachos or a mini helmet? A mini helmet, a mini helmet. Yeah, it wasn't a Majid helmet. But like, it looks pretty good, but I was also like, what are you guys doing? You just spent 45 minutes online for churro ice cream? Look, yeah, I, I like some ballpark sweets, but I couldn't tell you last time I had them. I, I definitely yeah. am not waiting in line. If I'm you like know, crazy stone, I might be like, well, man, that like, and I see that I might've been like, yeah, I need one of those. But like, yeah. that was the, that was the other thing with Dodger fans. It's like, I have, I have a real problem. Yesterday was day two of California quote unquote reopened ballpark sold out. Sure. 50 beach balls. 35 paper airplanes, 17 runs of the wave. What the guys go to the beach. What the fuck are you doing? There's a baseball game on you. You, you sold out Dodger stadium for Kershaw Wheeler. The second day of California's reopening. You well, pack look, in here and you spend the day playing with beach balls, waiting online for churro ice cream. Look, let me, let me play devil's out. Let me play devil's advocate for a minute. The sports fandom in Southern California in general is different. I think it's just a different vibe because of the weather, right? It's a, it's a social event and it's in a city where the entertainment capital of the world, it's June. It's, it's nice everywhere right now. Where is it not nice to go see a baseball game in the middle of June? I mean, a lot of places like 50 different people were like, babe, babe, you packed the fucking beach ball right all right i'll blow it up but you gotta fucking sneak it in i got it i'll blow it up but you gotta bring it well they're 55 not 55 beach balls at a fucking dot like look i'm not justifying what i'm saying is i think i think that town i think the city of los angeles and obviously i lived there for almost 14 years i i think that it's not when you go to philly or new york or even maybe chicago even though that's a fun ballpark to see games at for the Cubs they're very or St. Louis I'm just naming a few they're there for the sport because they are pretty knowledgeable of the local sports 
I, I've never gotten that vibe from Los Angeles across the board. I don't think they're, I'm talking homegrown fan base cares and, as much. And you would be like, dude, when they showed the Clippers score on the scoreboard after the game, I mean, literally no one cared. I was yeah. just like, listen, I know they're the second team, but like, yeah, not a blip. But that's but that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think, you know, we talk about different sports spaces or, you know, and I didn't even mention like a, a city like Boston. I, I, I think I think those fans are a lot more knowledgeable of their own market. I never got the vibe living in Los Angeles that their own fans, again, whether it was a Lakers game, a Dodgers game. But it's it, just so weird that like there's so, you know, t- like L.A. is not cheap sports wise. Lakers games are up there with Knicks games. Uh, uh, Dodgers games are not that cheap. Like you can get, you can, you can play your angles, but like I, when I go to a baseball game, I try to be pretty good. Like these days, you know, staying off your phone is, is tough for everybody, but I, I tend to like literally like pep talk myself, like, bro, you can check your phone between innings. Like, even if you're, even if your notification goes off, like you don't have to pull it out and check it. Check it between innings. Watch the game. Every once, I would say twice last night, three times last night, I check it while game is on. And then you hear a roar of a crowd and you like looked, you like quickly look to the stadium and like nothing's happening. And you realize a beach ball has fallen from the front row, you know, from the second deck to the first deck. And people are like, I'm like, you guys haven't roared that loud the whole night. The beach ball came down. It's the same thing at Lakers games. I've never seen people spend a thousand dollars care so much about ninety nine cent Jack in the Box tacos. Like, why didn't you stay home and get a thousand tacos? <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. Like, I agree. The vibe of the town is it's not about the game. It's about being seen. It's about just the kind of SoCal laid back, chill vibe. It's, they anno- just- it's annoying. Like I love Dodger Stadium. And I said this again, I'll, I'll do the, the third and final plug until the plug section. Uh, Dirty slides has been released from Twitter jail. I put this all there. Dodger Stadium is an awesome place to watch baseball. I love it. I love Dodger Stadium. It's gorgeous. I, we, we've talked about it a lot, but like so much of the stadium is like great for baseball. The neighborhood around it is like so LA. Like the just the like when you're there, so like LA vibes, sunsets, mountains, palm trees, Mexican beer. You know the the team's good. You know the the ownership cares, everything. But then what you realize when you're there is, you know what else is part of the LA vibe? Douchebags. Like unbelievably, don't care about the game intensely watching this paper airplane come down <laughs> douchebags yeah and then all the mexicans in the outfield yeah well it, i mean that's what it is it's just it's a different vibe and the fans they're just they're just not going to be into the game again as you would other markets that genuinely care about their team they're just not just new york fans just like booing francisco lindor you know when he's starts cold dodgers fans booing the section that let the wave die and, booing and, them. and to be fair though to be fair to los angeles paying the wave what it's a, a tr- tr- it's a transplant city you know so 
who knows in that stadium how many thousands are people like us who don't really go, have but you go and 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 there's a there's i actually think dodger stadium in terms i think it is like dodger fans i think those are dodger okay. i mean you see i saw more mookie betts jerseys than i've seen like i i don't i can't think of the last time that i saw so many people like on one guy on a team like and mookie betts has been there two years yeah like they were like we're in you know what i mean I feel like those are Dodger fans. Well, you could be right. It, and and we, and listen, I made a last minute trip. My buddy was last second. You want to go to the game? Sure. So he's like, we'll just go late. We'll get tickets. I was like, well, cla- we're, so we're just classic Dodgers fans. We're just going to show up hella late. And, and we showed up. It was the top of the second when we got there, but like, and we snuck around, like we got a little back, sneak spot in that's probably saved us 25 minutes that's the other thing it's like y'all are so late and leave so early and spend the whole time on the beach balls i just wish i i just want to know if like you know 35 year old dudes go home from the game and like bro it was good it was a good wave i mean that was a good wave we really got to go in there in the fourth bro when the beach ball went back up from the first deck to the second deck it's like you're so involved, like, bro. I know we were only there for four innings, but let's talk about those four innings. Solid paper airplane toss, solid beach ball action. We got the wave going twice. I I missed the fourth inning getting churro ice cream, but all in all, a solid four innings of baseball. Yeah, it man, was just it's really frustrating. Well, it's just different, you know. I've been to, so I've been to three Reds home games this year. I haven't seen the beach ball once, um, but also I, 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 no joke, Andy, fifty. At least, but but also you got to remember what they're tailoring, even on the scoreboard, is different. Like if I go to a Reds game, it's it's all Reds oriented, right? It's Reds history questions. It's things that are all pushed towards the Reds. You go to a Dodgers game, it's oh my God, John Legend's in the crowd. Let's ask him some question. Let's you do. You see what I'm saying? It's are it's we very- blaming Chrissy Teigen for what Dodgers games have become? Is that what you're telling me right now? Is that, are you loosely tying this all to Chrissy Teigen? No, but that's a good plug for her. Yeah, we've done it. We're every every entertainment show, sports. It doesn't matter what you are. Every we are contractually obligated. I don't know if people know this to mention Chrissy Teigen. Every show is. I, I had a, a dirtball DM me. She's trying to get, and 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 this this would be a low point. I responded to him for Oprah's career. Uh, uh, Oprah wants to get a like Meghan Markle type. I'm sorry, Chrissy Teigen wants to get a Oprah Meghan Markle type interview. And I'm thinking, as, as you know, Joe, we're older dudes than a lot of our listeners. The, the people that Oprah's interviewed over the years, you know, Michael Jackson, Lisa Marie Presley, you know, just the long list. That's, I should that's say. Your poll. <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> but, but, Mike, but my point is like, like that was huge, dude. Yeah. That was huge. And, and obviously nobody's been bigger than Michael Jackson in our lifetime. I'm just, that's the first poll I'm going. My point is she has a history of interviewing all these important people. If, if she wants to do an interview with Chrissy Teigen talking trash from years ago on Twitter to people like that would, that would be a low point in my opinion on Oprah Winfrey, like the Tom Cruise thing, you know, all the things that she's done with mega world stars, not a swimsuit model. That's my opinion. 
So Oprah, if you do that, it's a low point. And host. And of course, the hardest job in the world. She's a mom. I actually feel sorry for Chrissy Teigen. No, I was I, I was making a uh, fun reference. We don't have to talk about her that much. I don't know. We're not we're not contractually obligated to actually. Have you, you can say something, then we'll get back to baseball. No, I'm good. I'm good on the Chris T. Okay. But yeah, we can. I mean, we can talk baseball. We can talk any sport we want. We can. We're, this is the dirty. Welcome to the dirty sports. Sorry, I had to get out my no do, Dodger fan frustration. That's fine. I I love going to Dodger games. Obviously, I've man, spent a lot of time there. So we obviously went to the game. We went. A- we went during. Yeah, and it was a you know it was still a socially distant game. It was total. It was a totally different vibe, and I was excited. I didn't have tickets. I bought them last minute, and they were like. We, we, we like literally got free parking because the ladies were like, you don't have tickets. The game sold out. They're like, just park over there while you figure it out. And I was like, when you, like, I'll just go on SeatGeek. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a big deal. Like they, they didn't even understand the concept of like me buying tickets, not from the Dodger stadium box office. So they're like park over here. I was like, fine. So I was like, and I'm like, game sold out. That, that's pretty cool. You know, game, like it, it's, it'll be cool to be back in a ballpark full of people for the first time in, I don't know, two years. It's full of people. I mean, like, I don't know if they gave out beach balls. I don't know if it was beach ball day. I don't know if I, I know it wasn't beach ball day, but I mean, like people are like, I've been waiting two years for this, babe. It's been in the, it's been in the box for two years. It's time. It's fucking beach ball day. You fool. Did you pack the beach ball? Yeah. We're doing the beach ball. We're doing the churro helmet. We're doing the, we're doing, bro, I'm getting the scorebook. We could do like 40 paper airplanes, bro. How much are scorebooks these days? They're like, oh, it's $38, sir. Oh, yeah, but that's, that's that good card stock. I could throw one from the upper deck. Paper airplane, that's a new one for me. That's a new one. 25. And th- those are just the ones that made it down far enough for like it to like get my, you know, view. Can you imagine like sitting in a ballpark, like, folding, blowing up, a, <laughs> blowing up a beach ball? I mean, there's a lot of questions. Yeah. That's why, that's why you got to just go high, man. You just like, you have to enjoy the game stoned because. I that- enjoyed the game because it was a two nothing you know, game, unfortunately the Phillies won. I was, you know, I, I actually went with the, I went with a rooting interest, which is nice. It's always good. Like I don't love rooting for the Dodgers, but Phillies coming down. I love the Dodgers. Let's go. I'm the biggest Dodger fan alive. And you know, yeah. Yeah. They lose to nothing. I assume distracted by all the beach balls. Yeah. Couldn't hit. How you, well, hit, how you hit Zach Wheeler throw 98 while 40 beach balls are in your eye, eye line. Well, baseball has started their new policy for I don't know what you want to call it ball gate pitcher gate foreign substance gate yeah whatever you want to call it and uh classic baseball move they will eject and suspend pitchers for 10 games for using illegal substance for doctored baseballs so if you blatantly cheat and are caught the repercussion is 10 games, which to me is a complete and utter joke. Well, that I mean, I'd argue if you blatantly cheat and get caught, 
the repercussions are nothing uh, as seen by the Astros organization. True. If you, if you blow through the mid-year rule change about the 100-year-old pitching tactics, you'll be suspended 10 games. I'm listen, I'm not pro I'm not I'm not here to be pro foreign substance guy. That's not me. That's not my uh that's not my position on this. But as I'm hearing more and more guys, I'm learn I'm learning a lot about foreign substances during this whole process. Like I just assumed guys had like a little pine tar on their glove, a little, you know, major league oh, he's got a little Vaseline under his hat you know, a little whatever here, a little whatever. Like I, you know, I knew all these things, but now we're getting into apparently like the world's most popular, like the, the Coca-Cola of foreign substances, the number one seller forever is apparently some combination of sunscreen and rosin. So I guess like you got sunscreen on your arms and you wipe it and you use the rosin bag, which is there legally for the purpose of getting a grip on the baseball. But so both of those things are legal. Yeah. But now they're like the meth of baseball. I was when, just going to say, that's what I was when thinking. You, when you combine some legal things. Yeah. You can now make them into elite an illegal substance. And, you know, I, Ron Darling did a great job talking about it in the Mets game the last couple of days forget if it was yesterday or two days ago, but basically he said um, that, that part of part of the thing now is with COVID with just baseball in general, like the way baseball has gone in modern times, plus the COVID things or whatever, basically pitchers are getting a new baseball, every pitch, every batter, every whatever. Whereas he's like, I would have, three, four, five batters where it's the same. He's like, there's been times where balls would go innings. And that just made sense. He's like, the ball, you know, the ball's a little slick when you get it, but it kind of comes together. You know, it, 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 you know, it wears down. You know, it maybe it gets a little cut in it and that you use that to your advantage. So it's like baseball's almost cause these problems themselves by like, okay, now we get a brand new fresh baseball, everything, you know, like, so my, my issue is with, again, and I got to take the side of, you know, Trevor Bauer has been an idiot about this stuff. And he's, you know, basically saying I use all the shit and, you know, he's going full blown like Joker on the situation, but I got to agree with him in his outspokenness about, it's crazy to make a rule change in the middle of a season. Well, not only that, it's it's crazy to suddenly act like you care when this has been going on for a hundred years. Right. To, well, that and that's that was the issue with steroids as well, right? Is you promote it, you low-key promote it until you decide it's illegal. That's that's the it's like the pretending it didn't happen is one thing. The the low key promoting it, the low key being like spin rates are good. Yeah. You know, like we don't really check for that kind of shit. You know, I, whatever. I mean, 
again, this is the only sport. This is the only sport where the ball, we seem to have problems throughout its history with the actual thing you're using to play the game. It's and also it's also a like a projectile. The game is played. The the game is somebody throwing a projectile as hard as they can at somebody with like a rounded object. Like it's it's the only thing where the ball. I'm sure there are others, but I'm sure bowling or billiards or you know whatever. I'm sure there's other sports where they're like doc. I'm sure curling cricket involves in doctoring. Yeah, but um. But yeah, certainly of the major sports in in America, it's well, the one they, where you where you really see this. You know, they just there's a lot going on, and 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 you you put this tweet thread for today's discussion, which I had I'd seen it, and I'd seen the headline. It's written by uh, Ryan Spader. Ryan he, Spader woke up yesterday and chose violence. Yeah, he's a. MLB analyst, author, statistician. Anyway, and he, and here's the thing: he he backs none of this up with sources. He does factual. claim, yeah, he does claim that you know there's at least two sources for everything. At first, I'm like, okay, listen, I, I you know, as a journalism major, uh, like I, I I show me your work, but at the same time, um, a lot of people who's opinions and journalistic integrity i do trust kind of throughout low-key supportive tweets being like he knows what he's talking about if he's saying it is true like or or he got it from a trustworthy source or whatever so i'm like okay because he was just he just woke up yesterday and started throwing haymakers so basically in his thread and we're not going to read all of it you know he just he cites specific examples and you should check it out i, I find it even if you're not a baseball guy, I find it fascinating the claims that he's tossing out there. It's at the Ace of Spader on Twitter, S P A E D E R. So his tweet thread goes on anything from the 2015 Royals title, which was against your Mets, to stuff the Yankees did. Mets asterisk World Series champions 2015. We'll take it. We'll take it. To stuff the Dodgers did. Obviously, we all know about the Houston Astros, the Diamondbacks. I mean, some of these. Let me just read a few of these. These are wild. Like, like these. I mean, are, obviously, we have to read the the crown jewel of them, which is. Come on. You see it in there. He's yeah, like, it hurts me to say it. I'm he's my I, favorite baseball player ever. I'm over it. I'll be honest. I'm. 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 I, I think. I think you need to get over it too. Well, I, I listen. I can get over it too. Andy, read the tweet that I'm referring to. He says, "This one hurts to say." My favorite player ever, Chase Utley, was the biggest cheater of all time. Uh, listen, and first of all, no, I will never get over what Ch- Chase Utley's murder of Ruben Tejada. Bro. The assassination of Ruben Tata by the coward Chase Utley. Stop. I will never get over that. But you get like you love to hear it randomly thrown into the thing. I everything I'm saying has multiple sources. He just puts Chase Utley is the biggest cheater of all time. Well, he's saying somebody's claiming that. Yeah, he says. Well, and early on in the tweet, he said at least. Two sources for everything. So at least so multiple people are claiming 
multiple people have gone on the record to say in the history of the sport of baseball. Now, now some of these things is the biggest cheater. You love to hear it. I mean, some of these things, again, I find them interesting and fascinating. So, so this one says as insane as this sounds, I've heard from multiple players, Adrian Beltre had a buddy with binoculars in dead center who would wave a beater undershirt if he was getting something off speed in 2017. And then Ryan Spader breaks down Beltre's home numbers versus away. And it's a huge difference. And some of these things are teams that you'd be surprised. Okay. The D backs used humidor balls when pitching and non humidor balls when batting at home. Also, this one in the Metrodome, this is a wild one. The twins at the Metrodome, again, before the current target field, would open right field doors, creating suction when the twins batted and then close them when opponents hit. You hear that? That's, that's one that you hear in football a lot, that they'll open the ends of the stadium so that when the kickers are kicking, the winds blow through. I've heard that one before. That's a claim. That's a, you know. That's an interesting claim. So the question I have for all this stuff would be this. He, he's tossing out like way past stuff, teams cheating. We all, we all know whatever teams will none do. None of them are like, the, the thing is, none of them are that crazy big claims. Yeah, right? I agree. I agree. And, and they're all sort of in that like baseball cheat, people cheat in baseball, but like what's cheating? You know what I mean? But, but the question I want to ask this for us would be, we all know teams take certain liberties regardless of the sport. Obviously, the Patriots have done it a lot. They've been also caught a lot. And your team does, Andy. So, so I, do, I do think it goes on in football a lot as well. I think basketball is obviously a completely different sport. My question is, is it the most rampant in baseball of these sort of things going on? Yes. And I think it's simply is for a couple of reasons. One baseball, Andy, it's the oldest sport. You, the, the further you go back, the more this stuff is totally like, I don't know of the era. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're playing the blacksmiths today. Watch out. They put coal on their balls, you know, and you're like, okay. Uh, like, you know, you, you you look at things guys were doing in the 1890s to get a little grip on a baseball when you're playing in Reading, Pennsylvania in a February spring training game. Like, and then that stuff, like we heard Garrett Cole say, gets passed on and gets passed on and gets passed on. So I think that one part of it is that you go back to the how early it is that it was a common thing to do then it's not even that big a deal and then it just the tradition of it continues and then the second part of it is again like i said before it's like how much can you doctor a football how much can you change like how much does opening the corridors on things like you're kicking three field goals a half you know what i mean so how much is it really affecting? I mean, adjusting the wind or the, you know, humidity of a baseball 
that you're using throughout a game. Like it's like it. And as we said earlier, 162 games. Like if you're like, we're going to cheat to get like a little edge over 162 games, it becomes, a, you know, does it win you two games? Is that the difference between winning the pennant and not winning the pennant? Yeah. I, I, I mean, that's why I beg this question of how rampant it is versus other sports and also where we sit as fans judging this. Um, Andy, like think, go back, go back to, let's go back to like the 1930s. What are the three, what would you say the three biggest sports in America are in the 1930s? In the thirties? Yeah. Baseball. Yeah. College football. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I would say, I would say baseball, boxing. Yeah, that's a good one. And horse racing. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, that's basically the tr- the the golden triangle of sports that are completely fucking rigged. Where there's a little cheating here, there's a little steroids there, there's a little. I got a hot tip on the World Series team and then eighteen nineteen series. I got a hot tip on a sixth race. Lewis is going down in the fourth. Like it's just all fucking old cheating gamblers yeah i got a hot tip kofax is not gonna have a good one today like okay but like where where does that leave us as fans that's the question just enjoy that jacob Degrom is superhuman and Shohei otani is hitting 500 foot home runs and throwing 103 and you know yeah but 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 cunha is a horse but my counter to that would say, well, if the cheating's so rampant, how do I know some of these guys aren't getting tipped off, such as this tweet thread is pointing out? Uh, well, th- I think that's that's the thing that's the thing to uh, that's the thing to appreciate about some of those guys, which is uh, Jacob Degrom's tipping guys off every game. He's going, hey man, the first inning, I'm only throwing fastballs, and. He's striking out three guys every first thing. He hasn't he hasn't given up a fucking run in the first inning since you know. He's also having some health issues. I would yeah. be concerned about baby health issues. I think I think that's a whole other. I think I think the uh, do I hate to see Degrom out after three innings of honestly one of the best perform the best first three innings of performance I've ever seen from a pitcher, a guy striking out eight of nine in driving in a uh, run at the plate was insane. You hate to see him come out. I also, you know, as a Mets fan and, and a team who's leading their division by four games, like you just, you want, you want a guy who's doing something superhuman to be healthy and safe towards September and October. That being said, I think his shoulder soreness, which he has now also said he doesn't think is a big deal is the kind of thing that, Nolan Ryan was like, get some fucking tobacco spit and put it on my shoulder and rub it in. And they're like, what? He's like, just a little bit sore today. He needs that Mr. Miyagi. He needs that Mr. Miyagi rub. I I think, I think it's a better, it's, I think it's a better safe than sorry situation with DeGrom these days. You know, they don't, they don't want to lose him long-term. So when he comes out and he goes, you know, my, my shoulder's a little sore. They're like, you're done. And I hate that. I hate it. 
But at the same time, I'm like, listen, I need the guy. I need the guy come the end of the season. So it's it's a difficult position to be in. But he's also, you know, you'd love to see him get to finish that game. Real quick, back at the to, same time, the Mets win a, a, an easy one yesterday. So, well, back to the cheating, real quick, and all these different accusations. I would compare it because I struggle at times. I'm like, well, you know, how, how, what, how rampant is this? I, I go to a lot of ball games. I don't, I don't want teams cheating. I don't, even my home team, I, I don't want cheating, but I, I would compare it to taxes in this sense. I, I think. When people do taxes, most people manipulate any advantages that they can do to pay less taxes. I think overwhelmingly, I don't have a stat to back this up. I would say overwhelmingly, that's the majority of Americans. That's why I've always laughed about people coming at Trump because I'd say everybody I know manipulates their taxes. It doesn't justify it. It doesn't justify withholding taxes. I, I, I want to be able to see what the president's taxes are. But that was always kind of funny to me was like, whether it's Trump or whoever, like everybody I know tries to manipulate it to their advantage. So I think not that's me. Kind of not me. I'm the Jose Canseco of taxes. I'm just like, I'm not fucking paying you and check it out. Well, well, <laughs> again, Bash brothers. Yeah. Like, but that's my point with baseball of. I, I think I'm just using that as a common example, I think, because I I'm think like, a lot of time get me ceiling. Because <laughs> I think in life we, we do that, right? We manipulate things to our advantage and there's nothing wrong with that at times. You know, is it it's it's that, that's why that's why I just toss but, it out. There. But, th but that's th so that's I mean, that's kind of that's a good comparison because it's exactly what's going on today. It's. Some of these things have remained in the shadows for so long because we didn't have the media with uh, a magnifying glass on everything. We didn't have people going like, yeah, but isn't it wrong? Shouldn't we talk about this? Shouldn't we talk about this? Like, and, and is there a way in the past, just some people saying, shouldn't we talk about this? Doesn't necessarily get some steam. Now, every ridiculous little theory that somebody has a platform on gets a theme. So this is exactly what's going on with taxes today. People are going the same way people are going like, well, should should baseball players just be allowed to cheat kind of like whenever they want with like foreign substances or, should, or is that like, you know, is it hurting us? Is it actually hurting the game? You know, like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the fact that, you know, there's no run scored. And, and um, you know, the pitchers have so much of advantage already. Do we really need to give them this advantage? It's the same way as people going like, shouldn't billionaires be paying the most taxes? Yeah. Should, like. Should they have, don't they already have an advantage by being billionaires? Should, should they also not have to pay taxes at all? That seems weird. Seems yeah. weird that the poor people pay taxes, but the rich people don't. And, and people go, I mean, yeah, like, I don't know what you really say to that. Yeah, I, of course they should. And then a bunch of people tweet about it and then whatever. I think the crazy thing about how baseball handles it is it would be the equivalent of baseball just did the equivalent of being like, Hey, Jeff Bezos, you owe us taxes for the last 20 years. Yeah, and be like, whoa, hey, hold on, I get what I. Hey, what hey Amazon, exactly. Hey, Amazon, I know you just moved your headquarters or another location to this state, and you thought you were going to get tax exempt. Well, we lied. We need yeah two hundred million dollars right now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it is a good comparison, and 
that's that's all I pose to people of like when they're like, oh, they're cheating, they're cheating. Like I'm not justifying it, but I just I know. I know I'm just saying as people, we manipulate things in our own lives, like like full disclosure, I have been hit. It happened a couple of times in Los Angeles. Somebody hits my car. And they don't want to deal with insurance. And I get a quote for what the repair is going to be. And instead of actually fixing the car, because it's let's say it's a just like an aesthetic fix, it's just a visual fix. And I pocket that money. Am I a bad person? No. You hit me like, like I I had a girl do it who had been drinking a few years ago and she was terrified. She was with friends. It was like 2 a.m. on Lincoln Boulevard. And I think that's another kind of comparison. She hits me. She is in a hurry. We exchange info. I take pictures of her driver's license insurance to cover my own ass. Right. And she's saying, dude, I've been out at the bars. Like I, I can't deal with cops. So what happened was she went on to kill two kids and a puppy and you're like well i pocketed her money (laughs) no i don't think she did hopefully she didn't but my point is i got a quote she goes that quote's way too high bring it to my shop and it's one of those things look lady i saved you from probably a dui and also dealing with your insurance company which would make your insurance rates go up either you pay me whatever the this fee was or i do call your insurance company yeah it, does that make me a bad person? I don't know. Maybe it does. I mean, insurance is one of the great scams in the history of fucking, you know, so society. So it, I, don't, I don't think. It, but that's my point. But the reason, again, to bring it back to baseball is like, if everyone's doing this or taking an advantage and if they're finding loopholes, does that make them a bad person? I just think, listen, I don't know. I'm, I, like I said, to start, we'll wrap it up. Uh, like I said, to start, we, I'm not, I'm not pro foreign substances. I'm not pro guys can, being able to continue cheating just because we always allowed them. I, I was anti stare. Like I didn't watch baseball for look who we're talking about. I didn't watch baseball for the better part of 10 years post steroids because I was like this, the way this was handled was a joke. It just seems to me that like, baseball never gets it right yeah make a statement this is the deal we're gonna crack down on this you got the rest of the season to figure it out because in the off season we're gonna talk about the baseball and we're gonna talk about we're you know we're gonna take some of our trusted players and say you know what's wrong why can't you grip this what what's gonna help that's legal whatever and we'll figure it out but come spring training we're not doing this anymore you don't just in the middle of fucking june go like i mean when you see the the out of context quote from uh, glass now on the raise about like i got hurt because i couldn't cheat anymore it sounds really dumb but when you watch the four minute clip of him being like I have to grip the ball harder and it hurts. I, I swear that I got hurt gripping the ball harder. Uh, like he's just very honest about it. And he's just like, I don't know what, like, what do you want me to do when every single guy is doing this? And I come in and I go, I can't grip the baseball. And they go, oh, this is what you used to grip the baseball. Not everybody's like that. You know, Darling was talking about, he grew up in the Northeast. He played at Yale. It was cold. He didn't have trouble gripping the baseball when he was in the big leagues and they had professionally rubbed down baseballs and it's 
August. He didn't have trouble with it. Other guys have not had. So it's like to do it in the middle of the season is, and the way that they're doing it, it's just classic baseball. Well, the last steroids, thing I'll say. Steroids are legal. Now you're yeah. banned forever if you use them. It's like, there's got to be a process here. Yeah, the last thing I'll say, and we'll move on to NBA playoffs, is this is a top-down problem. This comes from the top as far as baseball, not just now, but going back to the Bud Selig era. They by far, in my opinion, I don't know. I know he's come under scrutiny from NHL Gary Bettman. I don't know enough about him. But from my perspective, baseball's had the worst commissioners by far of the major sports from C league to Rob Manfred. So that, that, that'd be my, that'd be my final point is that this is a top-down problem and you have to be held accountable because you're the head honcho, you're the commissioner and they keep effing it up and it's on them. It's on them. And I've said the whole time, like why, why we're doing, you know, why we're doing a game of Thrones style, um, you know, passing of power, from one commissioner, like, why are we not voting a commissioner in? Why are we not? Why are we not like, why is it not a former player? Yeah. Why is it not somebody who's been involved in baseball, like f- in the game? Sure. Bud Selig was an owner. Yeah. Rob Manfred is just his fucking black boy. Yeah. Like, it's just so gross. Like, and, and, and it's been going on. And, and, and listen. We, I go back to another point and we just accept it because it's been going on for decades. Oh, Doc Brown's going to be the commissioner. See, because he wears a monocle and he knows he can he can spot a cheat. He's not going to let those those black socks get away with it. He's got a sneaky uh, monocle. He can see which teams are cheating. It's like, what what method is this for us picking our commissioners? Fucking yeah, God. Here, hey, I, am I biased? Yeah, but fucking listen to a single Mets broadcast, and then make Keith fucking Hernandez the commissioner. What do you need? Or any of five hundred players like him? Make fucking Mike Schmidt the commissioner. What's Steve Garvey doing today that he can't be the commissioner? Make fucking Cal Ripken Jr. the commissioner of baseball. Although I think he might be a piece of shit. I'm not sure. Great ball player, though. Well, literally anybody but Chase Utley, the commissioner. And then that commissioner give Chase Utley the death penalty. Ban him from ballparks everywhere. Fucking Pete Rose is banned from baseball. The biggest cheater of all time is just going to games, sitting down the first base side. Having a laugh with his kids. Mm. Old, old Pete. Uh, I got a comment before we hop into NBA talk. I got a comment on my own outfit. How great it's looking. How how flashy and soft and also just cool looking is this Miller Lite t-shirt? It's not a t-shirt. What would you call this? It's, I would say it's a... Basically, Miller Lite Hawaiian shirt, a Miller Lite Bahama shirt, a Miller Lite uh, beach shirt. I mean, it's it's perfect for it's Dodgers dad, games. It's dad casual. Uh, yeah, it's great. The only, listen, 
you know why you know why it is especially perfect for Dodgers games because you can you should walk around in it going you guys need to start serving these here I get yeah. it I get I see the vibe you're going for but some people still like the greatest Pilsner ever brewed we need to start serving more Miller Lite here I my brother had a few of us over to his he has a pool and I walked in wearing this on Saturday this in swimming trunks and he's like Andy walking in with the Miller Lite slash weekend at Bernie's vibe I said yeah, yeah. man that, that, that's what this is all. And, he's and, walking in with that Miller Lite drip and that's kind of what that day was you know a nice little family get together grilled out my brother always has Miller Lite stocked and they were flowing for the adults while the hot dogs were flowing for the kids. And it was nice to get together with everyone. Like Joe said, guys, Miller Lite is the original light beer. They've been making light beer with great taste since 1975. It's such an easy choice. If you need some Miller Lite, get some right now because they're popping this summer. So next time you're getting beers with friends or family, make it Miller time. Luckily, you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer or go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you. You don't even have to leave your house. Just go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports and you can have some delivered to your front door. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Okay. Miller Lite always delivers, never lets you down. Dare I say Miller Lite is the exact opposite of Doc Rivers. (laughs) Seriously. Miller Lite has never blown a 3-1 lead because Miller Miller Lite's never led 3-1. They they've they've only led four out. Well, here we are again. It's deja vu. The Sixers blew a home 26 point lead to the Hawks and now are down three to two in for me. And what I recall, one of the most epic game meltdowns I've ever seen. Also, take into account it's the number one seed. That's important here. Doc Rivers. Great. Like, Listen, we've done the Doc Rivers, Dave Roberts comparison many, 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 many a times on this show. We've I've talked about why it actually always pains me to criticize Doc Rivers because he is a great guy. Doc Rivers is a great guy. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He's a player's coach. He's, you know, he's he's lovable. I like Doc Rivers. Been in the league a long time. Been in the as league a, a as a player, time. as a coach. Guys like playing for him. And this is where you get into the difference between a coach who's good for keeping everybody light, keeping everybody on point NBA seasons are long. They're tedious. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of 20 something millionaires in a little room, all sweating. There can be a lot of tension. He's a great guy. You like to play for him. Everybody loves a doc locker room, 
But Doc can't coach his way out of a fucking paper bag from a strategic standpoint. And talent and chemistry and vibes, that's good for a one seed. But you need to know some strategy. Phil Jackson, I will argue, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. But I will argue he's more Doc Rivers than he is Greg Popovich. And which is Phil Jackson's the same thing. He leans into the vibe. He leans into the coaching. He leans into like the everybody's friendly. We're going to work out the egos, whatever. Now, he also had some of the greatest players of all time for his championships. And he had a little bit of, you know, he was a decent, you know, X's and O's guy. But he's not the world's greatest X's and O's guy. He had some he had some little nuggets that he liked though. He had some little he had some little tricks. But Doc Rivers doesn't have the best players in basketball. Uh and he's just also like look at what he when he had three, when he had the big three, he did win, but he won one. He's just a bad X's and O's. He can't coach in real situations. That's that's my that's my Doc Rivers take. Yeah, you you know, to me, I talked about you know it starts in the top up in baseball. It's the same way in this game. It's the same way in these series. You have to put it on coaching. I, I you know obviously he's not out there playing. I know that's always a big debate, right? How much is coaching? How much is the players at fault? Where's it? How much it is coaching? Twenty six point like the. To, to me, losing a 26-point lead is on the coach. Is, is timeouts. Is yes. Protect the ball. Is put guys in there. Listen, when you have a 26-point lead, if if your if your stars are going to be the if your stars are erratic, then get them the fuck out. There's guys on every team who can dribble the cl- clock out. You're up 26 points. Yeah. It's it's ludicrous. He, I mean, how long is his resume of epic playoff failures at this point? And that's all that matters. Regular season means nothing. Means absolutely nothing. If you it can't get it done when it counts. It does mean something. But the point is, is like, you know, every every sport, there's guys like this where it's like some of them are smart enough to have a guy who's their right-hand man and be like, yo, what am I fucking doing this? situation? Yeah. A, a 1A. Yeah. Uh, Doc Rivers, he's a great guy. He's first things first, you have to get into the playoffs. It's great if you get in and have the one seed. So he's good at that, but he cannot coach his way out of a paper bag. Do they lose? Of, do they, in terms do, of strategy, do they lose this series? Probably. I hate to say it. Like, do I like, do I think they can win this series still? Yes, absolutely. They're the better team. Sure. But, but here, here's the bigger question. Could they beat Duke? Could you see them beating either of those other teams in the East? If they managed to escape the five seed Hawks? No. And, and that's, and that's, and that's on 
the fact that I'm going to say aren't well coached. I'm going to say, yeah, oh, holes. There's a disaster too. disaster. I'm going to say this. Just from the last couple of years of watching Doc's teams. And it's, it's a dig at him for sure. And it's a dig I haven't ever said before. Again, I, I'm just talking Clippers. And now this team from what I'm seeing, his teams are soft in the playoffs. They're soft. Well, I think that's on the roster a little bit. But in my opinion, soft teams blow 3-1 leads. Soft teams have the talent, which he's had, definitely with the Clippers, and don't achieve because they're, they don't have the willpower, which is crazy because I, I would never categorize a guy like Kawhi soft. Kawhi's fucking tough. But for some reason, under him, dude, dude, look at this. Think about this for a minute. Now that I'm bringing up this point, this Clippers team is basically very similar to last year's team, correct? Roster wise. Yeah. They lose their star player, Kawhi, who's been playing awesome. Oh, yeah. They would, they, they were, they were, they would have been so done. That's what, that's my point. Instead, they go out in Utah, a tough place to play. Paul George has a brilliant game last night, an amazing game. They take over the entire second half. Now they're up 3-2. And I'm glad you agree with my point. I think if Doc is their coach, that is a total dig at him. If he's their coach last night, they lose easily. I'm not even sure they're there. Um, And and – Listen, I, I said before, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat it because you'll kind of have to take the lead on that. I didn't get to watch almost any of that game because I was at the Dodger game. But um, I'll be totally honest with you. When Ka- Kawhi went out, I didn't think they were going to have a chance in that game. I didn't and, either. And, you know, the fact that they won, the fact that they, you know, now Utah shoots poorly. I don't know. Is that was that good defense or is that just a, you know, a choke job shooting wise? I didn't watch the game, um, but. I 100% agree with you. And here's the thing about Doc. Uh, I'm not like the world's biggest Bill Simmons fan, but I am a Bill Simmons fan. Like I, I, I think if there's one thing he does know, it's basketball. I don't know if you can still go back and read his like ESPN page two articles and stuff like that. But like you go back to the pre big three Doc Celtic days, he would skewer him daily he's like he's a horrific coach he's terrible now like every boston homer things flip when you get a championship and you know he's now one of the fucking great nba coaches and whatever but like i feel like we do this every year now if you look at doc's coaching career it's all been a disappointment including the championship the only winning one with that setup is a failure. You don't usually get to say that in a lot of sports. Just getting one is a failure. In that situation, it was a failure. Yeah. A pre a pre-prime LeBron first legit modern super team. They win one championship in like a four year stretch where they have, where the guys are old enough, young enough, talented enough, whatever. 
So I'm going to pose another question. That's why I brought up the Clippers last night. And we talk about coaching a lot and how much it matters come playoff time. Doc has one chip, which you're bringing up. Ty Lue has one chip. Straight up, who's a better coach? Why, why is this not being discussed? If, if the Clippers somehow win this series, you have to give some credit to Ty Lue for holding it together. My, my point is, Ty Lue hasn't coached nearly as long, and Doc has a longer resume, and he's coached way more players and way more teams. But my point is, I don't think that's crazy for me to say, is Doc really better than Ty Lue? Right. But but in the end, it's a, you know, it's a it's a Shaq Giannis free throw contest. <laughs> Whoever wins, we lose. Like n- neither of them are great coaches. Neither of them are like I, I you know, like they're good coaches because I think again, first things first, you gotta get in. But they're not great coaches by yeah. any means. And and Ben Simmons. They're two, they're two. Listen, of the teams remaining, they're probably the two worst coaches. Boon Holzer's up there, man. He's up there too. Like he's up there too specific. Like on like uh, by, by, by the way, Budenholzer just his you look take a huge hit for like I just don't understand how Giannis doesn't guard KD at some point in that game. I just don't understand it. I, I want to say this real quick and then we'll jump into that game. I know we talked about Ben Simmons last episode. I'm going to bring him up. Dude, you can't miss 10 free throws. You just can't. I'm sorry. I know you're a shitty free throw shooter. You can't go four or 14 as a guard. I mean, he's, he's setting record. No guard had ever missed 10 free throws in the, in the playoffs. I mean, that right. I, you, I mean, that's a, you, you're a guard, dude. You're not a big man. Well, he's six ten. I know. I know, but he's a so guard. He's not, not, he's not, not a big man. He is a big man. Height wise, right? Statistically speaking, I, I I just eight points. I I just, dude, how much more can Embiid I'm not, do? I'm not I'm not criticizing. I'm not uh, making any excuses for Ben Simmons. I don't think you. I don't think you can. I don't think you can go for four for fourteen, no matter who, you, what position you play. Yeah, but we get we get into you know, the, the positions these days in the NBA. It's a very fluid, non non factorist thing. That, like I don't even know why we talk about it. It's anymore. like gender. Yeah, absolutely. I I identify as a small forward, um, but like that's that's part of the bend. That's kind of, you know. Again, I'm not making an excuse for it, but it's just it's part of the deal with having Ben Simmons as one of your locomotives. This is what you get from him, and this is what you don't. Well, I'll be curious to see how they come out, especially after a game like that psychologically in game six. The Bucks blew another another game team blows a big lead. But that and it's a whole different kind of lead blown where it's like you never put them away. Everybody, everybody in the world sensed a creeping Durant. I sensed a creeping Harden, which Harden played bad, but like still kind of like his presence was played well enough, played well enough. His presence was effective. But I was like, to me, I'm going Harden's not playing well. Harden can't get a bucket. And you're not pulling away from this game. If he finds it, 
Or if KD turns it up, this game is ne- like the game just never, they just never pulled away. And K- and then KD caught, you know, supernova fire. Well, again, coaching. Because, because you refuse to guard him with the defensive player of the year, two-time defensive player of the year, who's his same size? Not just that. But like, but, but, but let's just start with just that. Okay. Like, PJ Tucker does a great job on Kevin Durant. Kinda. He also has foul trouble the whole game. And you're kind of like, you're kind of hiding PJ. Like, here's the thing. If PJ Tucker is your like KD stopper and he has foul trouble, then just like, let him foul the fuck out. The idea that you're going to like put hide PJ Tucker for like, what are you saving him for? And now you've got you now you've got like Kevin Durant lighting up guards. Kevin Durant's seven feet tall. Kevin Durant's minimum six eleven. Yeah. We act like he's a small forward. We act like he's a fucking shooting guard. He's seven feet tall, and you have a seven foot tall defensive player. Like it's not like Giannis isn't like quick enough. Like, let's talk about just like, just take me through your thought process that at no point, like how, let me ask you this, Andy, let's say the game was twice as long. At what point do you think he would have been like, okay, I will put him like, if the game had gone overtime, the game had gone like, what, what's the over under on a number of points that Kevin Durant has before Budenholzer goes like, I, I, I guess I'll just try our best defender on him. 100 points? 75 points? He had 50 fucking points. Yeah, he had a triple-double with 49 points. You know, it was one of the best playoff performances I've ever seen. Watching live. He put the team on his back. No Kyrie. Hobble James Harden. Amazing performance by Kevin Durant. And... I didn't think he'd be able to do that. And I was wrong. He just, he had to be, but he's the greatest shot getter in probably the history of the game, arguably the greatest scorer. And you're guarding him and he's six, seven feet tall. And you're guarding him with fucking six, six guards. Yeah. He'd shoot. You know, he just keeps shooting over the guys. It's ludicrous. And also offensively, the Bucks just jack like stop jacking up threes. Giannis also has like a Mack truck problem where he just like gets the ball at the top of the key and either tries to run through you or shoot a top of the key three, which yeah. like again, this is on coaching. It's like he is fairly unguardable when he has a head of steam. So why don't you get him in a position to get a head of steam? Why don't you get him on a wing? Why don't you get him at the top? on a guy and like open it up as opposed to this thing where we're just going to like stand around. Okay. If you get in in transition, you can, you can weave through people and, and, and push through crowds. Otherwise we're just going to give you the ball at the top of the key by yourself. And you're going to pretend you're in transition, go from zero fucking momentum to crazy. Just try to, how he does that. It's it's the it's the equivalent of my most hated thing in football, the shotgun draw. 
you're essentially going like, here's the ball. You're standing still. Figure it out. Like whole dribble backwards to come forwards because he needs fucking momentum. Yeah, yeah he's to get ahead of steam. A fucking Hot Wheels car. He's a, he's a he's a stick shift stuck at the stoplight. He's gonna back up a little when he changes gears, and then he's gonna go full head of steam. But I brought up Giannis last episode about being the guy. When it came to the very end, Chris Middleton gives him a pass for a what a four foot shot. Maybe even he can dunk it from there, and he fumbled it. Game over. Yeah. Listen, there's, I just think the question of, can he be the guy is like a very complicated thing. And I, I defer to the simplest way I can put it. I think Giannis can be the best player on a championship team. Just because you are not a create your own shot guy. Doesn't, I mean, Shaquille O'Neal had Kobe Bryant. He had to create your own shot guy, but he was far and away the best player on those teams. Yeah. Now, if you don't have a guy like Kobe Bryant and then listen, I'm, I'm a Kobe Bryant truther, but like he was a great player. Sure. And he's a great shot getter. And if you don't have, you know, if they take away your offense, he can be your offense. And the Bucks try to find those get that guy, you know, basically on a, on any given day they try to figure out who that guy is for them. It's not Giannis, and that's fine. C- can he be the best player on a championship team? I think yes, but it takes the right supporting cast and it takes a competent coach, which they have. They don't have a competent coach, and they have kind of ish the best you know the kind of ish have a okay supporting cast like but you probably still need a bucket getter Budenholzer I know some guys don't look like coaches there's a fair amount of them in the NBA but I swear to God when the cameras pan to him you just say dude you look like somebody who'd be on the show cheers yeah like you just got off the shift yeah you just got off the show or you just got off your shift from work. You're going to the local bar. You're going to have a nice cold Miller light. Dude, you do not look like you should be coaching in the NBA between your, your body and your look and your facial expressions. He looks like a, he looks like like a working commercial actor. Yes. He, he looks, he, he's, he's like the best combination of like Matt McCarthy and Dennis Gubbins. Yeah. Like he'll sell you, he'll sell you some fucking. We should do a we should do a dirty sports sketch where Dennis Gabbard's played Budenholzer. Yeah, like he's he's trying to promote some sort of fixture for your house or yeah. some sort of handyman like that. He's coming in to fix your pipes. He's not giving you a scheme to win he's a t- NBA playoff game. He's telling you about the the wonders of Carfinder.com. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I, I just, I think he's a bad coach. I mean, I just think you, you, you the thing about a coach like that, or the thing, the thing about a performance like that is like the whole world. I mean, if you sit, look at the CJ McCollum was tweeting about it and, and Draymond was tweeting about it and whatever, like these guys are just like the whole world's going like, 
have you thought about trying something else on Kevin Durant? Like, yeah, it's, it's when it just comes down to simple shit like that. Kevin Durant's got 50. Have you thought about, I don't know, changing your defensive strategy? Well, it's a definition of insanity, right? You just keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And it's not going to happen against arguably one of the best scorers of all time. Of all time. He's going to shoot right over the little guys every single time. He's going to shoot over big guys too. But it, like the, what, what it comes down to is like you need Kevin Durant is a freak. So it's tough to find somebody to guard Kevin Durant. A hundred percent. But I would definitely, if I needed somebody to guard a freak, I would definitely go with the guy on my squad whose nickname is the freak. <laughs> yeah. Makes logical sense. I'm excited for tonight's game. I'm like, I like, I like I, I, my, my thing with these games. Like, I don't even know who I'm fucking rooting for. I, I don't either. Series. I don't either. I'm rooting for a good series. So I'm rooting for the Bucks tonight. And like, you know, I, I've been through, I, I'm not going to take, you know, I'm not going to take everybody through my thought process again. on like, my love slash hatred of the Nets, but it's tough. And then, and then you got Philadelphia and Atlanta. Like I hate, I basically hate every team left in the East. I guess I'm kind of like just a Suns fan at this point. Like, this I don't is, know. This has been, and we obviously, we had the bubble playoffs last year, but this has been one of the oddest playoffs ever. And, and you know, LeBron went, LeBron went ham on the, Rule the 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 shortened season injury thing, which I think I think he makes a fine point, and you know that's just it's just where we're at. So I've talked every, about it. Every team stars kind of hurt. So look, I've talked about that a lot. I've talked about the injuries and how it's affecting it, and Kawhi Leonard now with his knee injury is the eighth different all-star to miss a playoff game this year. That's the most in a season in NBA history. Again, eighth all-star to miss a playoff game. I mean, that is ludicrous. The others, the others this year, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Jr. Jalen Brown, Joel Embiid and Kyrie Irving. And uh, Chris Paul would be the ninth. Now it's a little different because it's yeah. COVID related, but I will say this about LeBron's, uh, tweets like dude you still played like like all these guys and this isn't just on lebron this is on everybody if you guys really had that big of an issue you you have the power to say f this i'm not playing we're gonna push it back technically they don't for one technically they don't why do you say technically they don't because they don't i mean you're saying strike <laughs> is that what you're saying yeah I mean, if if, that, if 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 not if not just LeBron, I I don't know how many people felt similar as he did. It's it's I struggle with. You don't want to give up the money, though, guys. I don't think that's what it is because I I think I think what it essentially turns into not that not that there was like a big push against this to start the year, but there was but what we're really talking about is who benefits from this. Versus 
who is hurt from this. The owners benefit who, for sure. Right. The owners benefit for sure. But also the players benefit financially. A lot of them. But we're talking about the guys we're talking about. It certainly hurts fans and oh, it hurts co- competition. A hundred percent. But we don't care if Kevin Knox isn't playing. We don't care if Seth Curry isn't playing. We care if Steph Curry isn't playing and sure. Kawhi Leonard isn't playing. Those guys are like the eight players we just named as all stars. The, they're the league. They're set, but they're also set for like they they're not playing for the money. Every single one of those guys is fucking rich beyond belief. They're all max deal guys. So you know, what happens in labor negotiations is that you ask those guys to think about the guy who makes 400 grand. You ask, you know, you're, you're saying we're a union of players. We're not just the eight stars, the 12 stars, the 15 stars, because those guys live in a whole other atmosphere than the guys who are on a one-year deal, are on a 10-day deal, are on a two-year deal, are on a show-me deal. So... You know, to say like Kawhi and LeBron and Anthony Davis and Chris Paul and Steph Curry could have, you know, made this a big deal. It's like that, that, that ends up being very selfish being like, Hey, we could use a little bit more rest. Now the, you know, the thing that the NBA did, that's also kind of reckless is like they forced the season in. And, and listen, I'm for we have to get back on schedule at some point. Sure. But they forced the season in so that they could play the Olympics with a bunch of guys who are now not going to like none of those. Nobody's playing in the Olympics. Yeah. Who cares about that? Also, we should we we should be able to win the Olympics with our fucking B team. Sure. So. I, I, I think that you can't deny the fact that whether or not the percentages are close. I mean, there was more people injured this year than ever before. Look, I look, I've been vocal. I I'm still vocal that yeah, it's 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 a mess. I'm just I'm I'm looking at it from all angles. Now, the NBA, I don't know if you saw this has debunked in their opinion what LeBron said. NBA spokesperson Mike Bass after criticism that the league received from LeBron says In quotes, injury rates were virtually the same this season as they were during the 2019-20 season, while starter level and all-star players missed games due to injury at similar rates as the last three seasons. So he is saying that that's not true. What I find interesting from his quote is he's not specifying because playoffs is all that matters. Right. He's, but also, he's, but also he's not, he's not even specifying anything. He's saying virtually. So that's already been, that was actually previously debunked to him saying it. he said virtually the same. Uh, the average number of players sidelined by game due to injury, not COVID-19 illness or rest this season was 5.1 on both teams on your average game. According to ESPN's Kevin Pelton, the highest since he started tracking it in 2009, 2010, that does not include include games missed by players in the health and safety protocols the next highest season was 4.8 so 2020 2021 season was five percent higher 
in the total number of players more injured in the regular season. Like to say virtually the same, it first of all, it's the most. Second yeah. of all, it's five percent higher. The increase was even more pronounced when focusing on the league stars. The season's all stars missed 370 of a possible 1,944 games, 19 percent, the highest in a season in NBA history, according to the Elias Sports Bureau. They missed an average of 13.7 regular season games. So he's lying each this year. So he's lying. He's what he's basically doing is saying by saying virtually the same. It's a, he's saying like, yeah, it's, a, it's the most ever, but it's like you know, it's only a couple percent up, which like. I mean, think about your rent. Like, oh, we can only raise your rent 3% every year. So it's virtually the same. Well, not if you raise it 5% next year. It's virtually yeah. the same. It's not the same. And yeah. also and also, the playoffs. We're, Again, this, is, this is where you get to the end of the season. It sucks, man. It yeah. sucks. This year sucks. I'm just going to say it. It sucks. Kawhi's now out. CP3's in this. Dude, I, like, I don't know what to say, but what the fuck are we doing at this point with the COVID shit? The hottest team, arguably the hottest player in the playoffs. He's going to miss what one game. Cause he's, they're not, they're not going to play for a week. He shouldn't miss any games. What are we doing? I mean, but he has COVID, right? He tested positive. Right. So, I mean that like, listen, I totally, I'm, I, I'm essentially in agreement with you, but now we go, now we're going to, now we're going kind of back to the baseball thing. What are they? So think about the teams this year who lost games or missed games or whatever, because players had to miss it because they were in the COVID protocol. Even if they didn't have COVID. Now we're just going to Chris Paul got COVID during the playoffs and we let him play. You just can't do it. Yeah. It just it's the same sucks. Thing. And, and, and I got to say, listen, I'm not a big golf guy and, uh, shout out to Tug Coker, who I think started a new podcast. Maybe he talks about it on there. Um, uh, you know, John Rahm fucking, to, you know, was served a pile of shit and he ate it with a spoon in his press conference. He's like, I was stupid. I should have gotten vaccinated earlier. It's crazy that I lost the tournament because I didn't. It's 100% on me. There was rules. I, I knew the rules. I knew the chances that I was taking by not getting vaccinated. I didn't. I got COVID. It cost me a tournament. Now, Chris Paul may or may not have been vaccinated. Like, I don't know. I can't keep up. Sounds like he was still has COVID. Yeah. Whatever. Listen, I'm I'm Chris Paul's probably not infecting. But then there's also the like, we don't know who does is vaccinated or who isn't vaccinated. So Chris Paul isn't vaccinated. Then he got whatever. Listen, we all can talk about, you know, the likelihood of a 25 to 35 year old world-class athlete even getting sick from COVID at this point from everything we know. But the bottom line is there's rules. What if you're the fucking team that just missed the playoffs by one game? Because, you know, whoever had COVID and, or was in the protocol. Now we're just going to say, well, Chris Paul's got COVID and we're going to let him play. You just can't do it. It's the exact same thing we're talking about with baseball. You can't just change the rules in the middle of the season unless you're baseball and you're the worst run fucking professional sports league. Yeah. Well, it's the injuries is a mess. It's completely affected, especially from a viewing standpoint. It's still no. a championship, right? Like we're we're not we're not treating this like it's a bubble championship. We're not treating this like it's a 
fucking asterisk championship. No, because everybody had to deal with it. It is but, what it is. But it is interesting. But it sucks for us. But, but again, the numbers don't lie. The teams going far right now didn't go deep last year. Right. And the teams that went deep last year didn't last. And and there's, that's what I'm saying. There's certainly a, you know, link between those teams that had to play deep into the bubble because remember you were also stuck there September you leave man till you were it was, released. it was September yeah you couldn't leave till you were released they turn around they came back in December like when did they come back December November like it turned around so fast I mean there's it's very obvious that these and we talked about it and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago but like it's very obvious is that the teams that went far, but also the teams with guys that are kind of run by older players with the exception of Chris Paul, obviously who's on, a, who's the, the elder statesman on a team full of 24 year olds. Um, they, they have, they struggled way more than the young, the younger teams, this, and, and this is, this is why the, the, you know, generation shift to these younger guys has, has been put into fast motion because, you guys got to play basically two seasons back to back. Um, real Listen, quick, COVID fucked up a lot of shit. Yeah. You know? Real quick. This is news that is not new. You know, it is news, but you know, it's breaking. Uh, according to the athletic, multiple sources have told the publication that certain members of Zion Williamson's family want him on another team. They're already not happy with, the players that they have put around Zion and this row. I know, I know. And then obviously Gundy, the coach was already fired yesterday. I mean, it's, it's news. It's trending right now on Twitter. Well, I just want to look up something right now. Zion's the number four trend in the United States. So, Here's what I'll say. Um, scored 27 points a game this year on 61% shooting, seven rebounds, 3.7 assists, and New Orleans. I mean, obviously they didn't make the playoffs. What was their like? How how close were they this year? What was their record? I'll pull it up. How bad? How bad were they? They were. Let's see here. They were bad, man. They were 31 and 41. They were bad. They weren't that's that's bad. It's 10 games under 500. Um they were tied. They were tied with they were tied with Sacramento for the eleventh, twelfth spot in the West. And dude, that's out of 15 teams. So it's not good. I'll say this. I'll say two things. First of all, I don't think the Pelicans roster is that bad. Second of all, um, yes, Dan Van Gundy should be fired. Like, what are we like? What are we doing with Stan Van Gundy on that squad? That was a reckless hire in the first place. I don't think their roster is that bad. Uh, Zion's going for twenty-seven a game, and you're winning. You're ten games under five hundred. Like, I hate to say it. I mean, there are there's only so much a player can do. Um, but. You're so you're Carl Carl Anthony Towns so far. Like 
you're you're a young Kevin Love. You're like, if you're doing this and your team's not winning, like I just don't think you can just in year two be like, well, then we should be fucking good. Yeah. Like, so make make yourselves good. LeBron's got fucking Mike Brown back in the day. It's it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous after two years to say that. When the first year you bear you you're barely in the lineup. Yeah. Again, according to the source, family members. So who knows? It's such a win now. We just society. We don't have patience anymore. Things take time. Development takes time. I don't care whether it's a job, a relationship, a team. Shit takes time. We all need to remember that about everything we do. Things don't happen overnight. I just don't think that I just don't think Zion's proved himself enough to make those claims yet. Yeah. Luca can fucking have his beef with the GM who's now gone and have beef with the shadow GM and whatever. But, but Luca's single-handedly carrying a team to the fucking playoffs and almost winning series with a roster. That's not better. <laughs> like, yeah. Trade Luca to the fucking Pelicans straight up for Zion right now. The Pelicans immediately become a playoff team and the Mavs don't. I don't know, but I think then that or the Pelicans get better for sure. Zion's great, but we don't we don't know if he can so lead your team to the playoffs on your back and then demand help or trade. Yeah. Like Anthony Davis did when he was in New Orleans and won a fucking series. Wasn't he out though? Wasn't that when Drew Holiday was going off? Yeah, but Drew Holiday was going up, but but uh was he playing? Davis was, Davis was playing. Okay. All right, let's get to uh we'll do we'll do one quick call today. Let's let's do it in honor of uh Sunday's holiday. Somebody has a call for that. We'll do one quick call. And then we can push everything to next week. 310-359-8365 is the hotline. And uh, here's our Father's Day call. What's up, Joe and Andy? Uh, this is Adam, number one Denver Dirtball. Uh, Father's Day is coming up this weekend. Uh, just had a quick question. What's the best sporting event that you went to with your parents or with your uh, father interested to hear the, uh, the answer. Um, and I uh, hope you guys have a great father's day. Stay dirty. I mean, I think we've talked, I've talked about this for sure. Uh, at length. So I don't know if you're a newer listener, but I'll do it again. Cause it's father's day. Uh, the 1990 world series game one, me and my old man, uh, I can, I can, I can still feel the energy of that stadium. And, and it's, it brings me great memories seeing the Reds win seven to nothing. And the only world series that I was a part of 
my entire life. Eight years old, little, 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 little degenerate Andy going to the game. Uh, that, that's, that's hands down. Like it doesn't even come close, but you know, we talked about it after my father died, after Walt died, like I, I love sports because of my dad. So the connection that I have personally with going to, it was first Reds games, then Xavier games, not so much Bengals games, but uh, obviously I rooted for them too. It's, it's like my interest in sports and my love of sports was facilitated by my dad. And also he encouraged it, which was pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, that's, that's for me, like something I'll never be able to replace. If I have kids someday, and I'm sure you're the same way, Joe, like the thought of, we, we talked about it earlier, baseball, but, but the thought of taking a son to a ball game, there's just something special about it. There really is. Yeah. Um, my dad wasn't, uh, the world's biggest sports fan. Uh, when he passed away, I talked about that in his eulogy, not the biggest sports fan. Um, but had little pockets. Uh, one thing, I mean, Euro 2020 is going on right now. And when the world cup happens, that's always something like that's, that's when my father's sports fandom always hits me the hardest. Cause he was a huge Italian national soccer fan. Um, so the like very specific events, um, there's only a couple that like stand out to me. Cause like, honestly, my mom probably took us to like more Mets games than anything. My dad traveled a lot, but a couple of standouts, we went to uh, a few uh, Italian league soccer games in Italy, which is fun, you know, being in that environment with your dad, who's Italian, like the hooligans banging on fucking hockey style glass and doing the chants and whatever. And that was like really like where he for sure came out as a sports fan. Um, he took me to plenty of ball games too. You know, he took me to plenty like Mets games, uh, the occasional Mets Yankees game. There used to be a thing. The Mets used to play the Yankees every year in the, um, in one of their stadiums right before the season started prior to interleague play, they would do this like cross town last spring training game. We used to go to those, like that was kind of a tradition we had going every year uh, to one of those games. But besides soccer, the thing that always stands out to me about my dad um, is going to basketball games at Madison Square Garden, mostly Knicks games. We went to the occasional NIT game. We went to the occasional Big East game. But um, I think my dad, even not having um, a great knowledge of American sports, he my dad was a fucking boss. Like he was a New York fashion boss. He looked good. He fucking knew what was cool. Like I went to so many cool things with my dad from fashion week to whatever, but like even not knowing sports, he knew being like second row at the garden meant you were like, you had some, you had some clout. So like in the days when he was making Patrick Ewing suits and we were sitting in, you know, Patrick Ewing seats at the garden, two rows behind Spike Lee, it was like cool because we were kind of there, you know, I'm a teenager He's a guy like we're there as like kind of bros and being like, we're fucking we're cool as shit right now. We are courtside at the garden. And he didn't know like, why is he standing alone at the line shooting? And you're like, oh, it's free throws, dad. Like, I don't have time for this, <laughs> but, but he was but it was fucking cool. Yeah, and I loved I loved going to the garden with my dad. 
he worked in the city. He worked in, you know, the fashion district, which is not that far from Madison Square Garden. And so my big sports memories with my dad are like me taking the train to the city by myself, meeting my dad at his office and like going to a basketball game. Um, like, it's just, I mean, the idea these days of putting like a 12 year old on a train to New York city and then having them get off and walk around like Penn station or times square just fucking on their own. But it was cool. It was cool as shit. And yeah. I, pre- I appreciate that for, for a non sports loving dad. Sure. Uh, that's what I appreciate. And fucking, Forza Azuri. What's so, that mean? It's fuck. It's the uh, Italian. It's, it's go blue, which is the Italians wear blue. Why with red, green, and white flag do they wear blue for their soccer uniforms? I don't know, but I hope they win the Euro and every fucking World Cup that ever happens after this. And you know, that's one thing. World Cup every year, every four years, like I fucking get into it, and you know, you go out and there's all these Americans. They're like fuck. The United States of America. I'm wearing this fucking Italian jersey for Lou. Yeah. I uh, I started doing something that I used to do with my dad, which has been really nice for me being here, is we used to always park at Sawyer Point, which is a, a, a beautiful park that they basically created late 80s, early 90s. And it's like a half a mile from the stadium. And it was about the same distance from the old Riverfront Stadium. And like, like, it's really nice for me to like go to those games now and like walk, you know, how I used to walk with my dad and like, it brings back good memories. You know, I'm getting, yeah, Yeah. I'm getting emotional now, but like just going to games this year and I tell my friends, I'm like, I just want to park there because I think about my dad bringing me down to Reds games and, you know, getting peanuts from you know the vendors as you walk into the stadiums and it's 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 good memories and it's a beautiful park and you're overlooking the river and you know if you are a dad it, it's cool to do those things with your kids like that's obviously neither of us are fathers joe but i would i would suggest that with any dads out there st- if you're obviously a sports guy you listen to this show start a tradition with your son or daughter and They'll think about that because listen to us rehashing memories and that's something that they'll always carry with them. And, you know, for me, learning about my grandfather who died years before I was born and that he was a baseball guy and then, you know, turned my dad into a baseball guy and here I am as much as I can complain about it, but there's just something about it. That's that it's, it's, it's a great connection and bond to have with your son or daughter that connection so take them to a game on father's day and uh start a new tradition because be, you know you know be, he's watching the u.s open leave him alone <laughs> baseball's great that's an interesting baseball like football like football game like a fight like that's not a family thing i don't, don't think my dad and i ever attended a professional football game that's what that's what i'm saying I but think, i don't think once but but also joe like you know this football games now like where would you put the percentage at if you're attending any football game the odds of you getting it like the odds of you seeing a fight i think are very uh, high yeah for sure i'd put them at like 20 percent. 
That's that uh, to me, that's the difference of baseball has still maintained the friendly family vibe where football is just out of control. And apparently now NBA, if you're wearing uh, yeah. a Jersey, you might be getting in a bra. Yeah. Take a page out of Lou Prano's book. Don't wear a fucking Jersey without a shirt on underneath. Wear a fucking suit to the fucking <laughs> to the game. Well, appreciate the call. bringing me down memory lane. Uh, 310-359-8365. That's the hotline. We'll get to some more calls next week. It is Father's Day, so enjoy it. Tell your dad you love him. Give him a nice card. Or, I don't know, take him to dinner. Just do something nice, whatever you want to do. And, you know, Andy, we're, since we're getting into plugs here, I hope I always say, I don't know who sticks around, but like, it, this is a nice segue into, I'm going to put, I'm going to push this charity again for the next couple of months while these walks are coming up. But uh, the end child abuse and neglect, we just talked about, I mean, we, we, we both just basically made uh, with, with our trips down memory lane, uh, uh, you know, colorfully showed you why we are neither of us. Uh, dealt with child abuse or neglect we had pretty great parents and um not every kid uh has that and also you know some who do get abused or neglected by other people so uh there's a walk there's walks in columbus uh in colorado in dallas and out here in los angeles and i might be forgetting one but if you go to endcan.org um, you can sign up to volunteer, you can sign up to walk. Um, so uh, shout out to the dirt balls who are, who are, who have already reached out to me, um, Mark, who's going to Columbus. Uh, and you know, people have said this, this is something I've dealt with, or this is something I help out with right now. And, um, so go check that out and uh, you'll hear more about it as those get closer in September and October, and then follow me on social media and I'm doing shows down in Escondido again this Saturday. So I'll be at uh, Grand Comedy Club in Escondido opening for fellow Mets fan Chris Franjola on Saturday, two shows. And then, you know, follow me on all the shit. Cool. Well, I'm sending out some koozies again, like Joe said. Who knows who's sticking around? But if you are here listening, drop a iTunes review. I shouldn't even say it. They're not even iTunes anymore. iTunes doesn't exist. I got to get that out of my vocabulary. It's just podcast, Apple podcast, yep. drop an Apple podcast review, leave your Twitter, Instagram handle. I'll reach out to you and get you two free koozies in the mail. You don't have Apple. You can email me at Andy 45 gmail.com and I'll be a nice guy and send you koozies as well. Okay. That's the show. Thank you for sticking around guys. It's been a good one. Enjoy the NBA playoffs. Can't wait to see who gets injured tonight. Drinks, drinks some Miller light. If there's one thing I, I know, it's uh, that uh, when you're drinking Miller Lite, you, you don't get injured. I don't know if yeah. they, they, they officially want me to say that, but uh, probably not. But that's all right. Damn. Also, send I, send a pic of you drinking Miller Lite or, you know, if your parent doesn't want if your dad doesn't want to be at it. A couple of Miller Lights. Yeah. Some Father's us. Day Miller Lite drinking. Tweeted also, us. check out Andy's shirt like Miller Lite. I got to say Miller Lite's merch game is strong. Get your dad some Miller Lite merch gear. Yeah. Dude, did, by the way, did you see what they're doing on for Father's Day? With the New with Balance? The, the New Balance koozie? Yeah. yeah. That is boss. It's pretty cool. Not going to lie. The it, koozie that looks like a New Balance dad shoe. Yeah. I, I need to get one of those. Yeah. Now, yeah. now that I'm basically full dad without being a dad. 
All right, guys, much love to all the dirt balls out there. Have a great weekend. And as always, stay dirty.